Welcome to Crime Time. You're listening to Leonetti's Detection Selection. Welcome to Crime Time, the podcast discussing all things crime, thriller, horror, suspense, and mystery fiction. Don't you know it? This is season five, episode nine. Whoa. I'm Lee. That's Eddie. Hey. <laughs> um, we're back, and what are we talking about today? Boom, boom, boom. We're talking about a true story. We're talking about trinkets. We're talking about crawl. Ooh. And, uh, you know, we're talking about it for, uh, you know, failure to trailer. Or to blurb or not to blurb. Oh, we needed some kind of bookish thing in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I'm a literary scholar. So this uh, this episode might be more for the Netflix lovers, but stay tuned. Yeah. Even if you're not mad on Netflix, because we're lovable and hilarious. Yeah. And who wouldn't want to listen to us? Something for everyone. Yeah. Uh, so when you first said to me, we're going to talk about Crawl, mm-hmm. I literally couldn't think of anything other than that song, uh, they're like, crawling in my skin, you know that one? <laughs> Is that Linkin Park? Yes, yeah, Linkin Park! <laughs> uh, no, Crawl, I hadn't heard of it either, but I don't know if you know this about me, I love going to the cinema. I do know this, yes. It's one of my joys in life. Yeah, yeah. One of my joys in life is, uh, accompanying you and annoying the hell out of It's just, oh... Mm. Ah, I do. <laughs> There's just something about the cinema experience. Yeah. You go to the cinema, it's like you sit in this room, and it's like, you know, when the the, 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 the thing comes on the screen, it's like... Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. It, like, never ceases to, like, make me feel very excited. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I... So this is sharing's hour. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I really love um, when someone's getting a bit too rowdy, and then someone who's like really righteous about it is like, people are trying to enjoy the movie. And I'm like, wow. I feel like in Australia it's often like, fucking shut up. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. And I'm a bit on like both people's side. Oh, definitely. Like live your best life and have a big laugh. Yeah. But also like. Shut up. I'm watching really a film. Annoying. Yeah. <laughs> Except I forgot to mention this last episode when I was talking about Annabelle Comes Home. Yeah. And I told you it was like packed with teenagers. We had these like two teenage boys behind us, like yeah. maybe like 15, 16. And like it was so cute. Like they were really chatty, but I think it was because they were nervous. Yeah. And like every time something really scary happened, I could just hear music playing. And it was like starting to really irritate me because I thought that they were just playing music, like listening to their headphones in the cinema. But then I heard him say every time a scary part came on, he was like, I'm just going to put my headphones on. Oh, <laughs> that's really cute. <laughs> I just feel like people have this perception of teenagers as like, I don't know oh, what, yeah. these like troublemakers or definitely. whatever, but I found that very endearing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, anyway, back to Crawl. It was a Thursday night and I was like, why don't I look up and see what movies are on? Amazing. Anyway, there was this movie called Crawl and it was uh, it was like a disaster slash thriller. Whoa. I was like, yes, that's right up my alley. I went along. Uh-huh. Let me set the scene. All right. It's hurricane weather in florida okay there's a huge hurricane coming on the way yep and this girl is getting a call from her sister in another state saying we can't get on to dad <gasps> and dad is like recently divorced down on his luck yeah yeah just and they're like can you crawl on over <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty much can you go and check on him yeah 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 he's in the disaster kind of hurricane zone is that where she is? Or they're like, go into the eye of the storm, <laughs> She's a little, bit, a little bit outside right. of it, like safe distance away. But she's like, she's a bit angry with her dad for a few things. But right. she's like, well, regardless of whether I'm angry, I still have to go and check on him. All right. Can I just say something really explicitly? 
if you are ever in a hurricane and someone calls me and is like, oh, can you go check on Lee? I'll be like, am I in a hurricane? <laughs> no. <laughs> I believe that you would. <laughs> that I would go and check on you. I would go and check on you. Oh, well, now you're guilting me <laughs> Yeah, I probably would. You definitely would. <laughs> You'd be like leading the charge. <laughs> People would be like... Can you go check on Lee? I'd be like, I can't hear you. I'm in a hurricane. <laughs> like, I'm checking on Lee. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so she has to drive into this hurricane uh, looking for dad. And, like, the first, like, 20 minutes of the film is just her, like, saying, like, dad. <laughs> I swear to God, for, like, 20 minutes. <laughs> um, like, she finds him under the house. Okay. And it's crawl, like a crawl space. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, good call him. Um, good crawl. There's there's a twist coming that you're not going to imagine. Oh my god, is it the parents from The Visit who are uh, also in the crawl space? Really good film. <gasps> no, they're not, but they should make a part two of that film. They should not make a part two of that film. It was horrible. Um, anyway, so she finds her dad underneath and he's like, at first we think he's dead, but then we realize he has a pulse, but he has this big gash in his chest. Oh no. Jump cut to a giant alligator. What? <laughs> hold on, hold on. Sliding in um, underneath the house because of the floodwaters. <laughs> so think Sharknado, but it's like a family of alligators coming in um, with the waters from the hurricane. Record scratch sound. Did the alligators bite the dad? Yeah. <laughs> so we're like mad, angry, and hungry. <laughs> And they end up killing like lots of people oh in the God. film. But um, it was a real ride. It was a ride a minute. Fuck, that's horrible. Because <laughs> you often see these kind of like headlines as like in Florida where they're like, oh, someone had an alligator in their backyard and they had to go and get it out. But yeah, that's the worst thing I've ever heard. Yeah, and they're stuck under the house in this crawl space because. Um, like the house is kind of caved in and they're stuck under there with all of these alligators oh, fuck. and they've got to try and get out. Can I just say, growing up in Australia, crocodiles, it's a bit of a spectre. Like I grew up in the South, so it's not particularly crocodile friendly. Like the North is kind of where you get crocodiles. But when I was really little, my parents took me to a crocodile farm and we just saw them like feeding like whole chickens to these crocodiles. Yeah, yeah. Like they're like, Whoa! like they like yeet a chicken to this crocodile. <laughs> <laughs> right and chicken's gone yeah. so i feel like there's like some kind of visceral part of me that has like seen them moving and and, and is just like horrified like even seeing them on screen is just not as scary as seeing them kind of in person from like 10 meters away like right like horror in your heart yeah because they like just like wiggle a lot like yeah, i guess yeah. they crawl and they're horrifying and i imagine an alligator they just is very look similar. like pre like they and just they look are. like they've come up out of a rock like they are a rock <laughs> they are know? yeah they're like horrifying dinosaurs and they literally want to kill you yeah but not only that they want to like they they like not very good at chewing so they want to like kill you and then wedge your body under a fucking tree root <laughs> so that you rot and then they want to eat your rotting body like no 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 you can see why they come up with the idea for this film <laughs> and then the other thing is um while this is all happening there are two main characters are trying to sort out their daddy daughter issues <laughs> wait they're under the house <laughs> yeah 
They're in the crawl space. There's a hurricane happening. They're being attacked by alligators. Yeah. And she's like, you didn't love me. Pretty much. That kind of sounds <laughs> like the show. But I have to say it was really good. I feel like sh- they used to be like this genre of shitty horror films. Right. Um, and now there are lots of horror films, but I feel like they've kind of like raised the bar on the shitty horror film. Like yeah. now, like the main character, she was a really good actress. Amazing. And yeah, like the production value is up. The acting is up. I just feel like. Yeah, we're lifting the bar on what it is to be a shitty horror film. I love it. Um, how many alligators with daddy issues out of five would you give it? Probably like four. Amazing. And probably only because it's not really my genre. Like, I'm not really into like animal horror films. I guess if I was, I'd give it a five. But Amazing. Yeah. Wow. So there you go. All right. Well, everybody crawl into your nearest cinema. <laughs> I think it just came out. So get onto it, folks. So I was uh, surfing Netflix the other day. I was like, beep, beep, beep on my remote. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And uh, I came across a film. It's called True Story. It's based on uh, a true story. Are we allowed to talk about it then? I think so, because it, it's a dramatization. All right. Approved. Yeah. You know, otherwise I've got <laughs> shit all to talk about. So. <laughs> no, I, I know this case and I find it fascinating from a true crime perspective. So. Yeah take us there anyway. well i can't even remember the guy's name so I, I feel like you can barely even like check up on this but basically what happens is jonah hill is a disgraced new york times reporter he like did some report and they were like mm, did you like tell some lies and he was like sort of yeah, he told you know some pretty big lies like some pretty bad yeah. fucking lies some like blatant <laughs> some blatant lies <laughs> Yeah. Like enough to get him like disgraced. Yeah. He's like a yeah. disgraced figure. Okay, I'm going to stop. Oh boy. I'm just like a true crime fanatic. That's true. Anyway. Then he gets this phone call a few months later from a reporter being like, oh, hey, are you that guy? He's like, yeah, I'm that guy. And he's like, what do you think of this murderer? And he's like, what? And it turns out this one guy got arrested for murdering his whole family. He gave Jonah Hill's character's name. He was like, I'm, I'm that guy. Yeah, he, like, took on his identity. Yeah. yeah he, like, yeah. stole his identity. Which is intense. Like, guys, if you get arrested, don't be like, I'm Eddie from Grime Time. Like, it, it's a no. I won't show up. <laughs> but also, at the same moment in time that he was taking on this guy's identity, yeah. this guy that had um, this disgraced New York Times, that mm. was about to blow up, right? So instead of yeah. that blowing up and his whole career, like, shattering, yeah. this, this other thing just... It's like when you're like... Oh, please, I don't have to go to that history exam. I hope that the, <laughs> the building blows away. And then it blows away. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so James Franco, the murderer. I cannot remember that. <laughs> he, like, goes and he visits him. He's like, oi, James Franco, why did you steal my name? And he's like, well, I'm a bit of a murderer. So. <laughs> and he's like, how does it feel to be me? And I'm like, whoa, mate, you've got some emotional problems. <laughs> And then it just kind of follows their relationship where, you know, they're kind of writing this book together, but he doesn't know if James Franco killed all these people. I feel like and he kind of thinks he does, but he kind of is like lying to himself. I kind of feel like, um, like I'm in no way pro cop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but if someone gets arrested for like killing this whole, their whole family, yeah. Yeah. I kind of feel like they probably done it. Yeah. Look, there's some Sometimes there are situations where you're like, oh, nah, there's like quite a bit of doubt. But this one was pretty like, you know, they 
they all got like murdered, found in the water, and then they're like, "Where? Where's James Franco? Oh, he's in Mexico with a fake name." Yeah. Like I'm like, he <laughs> fucking did it, like, everyone. Tick tick tick. <laughs> like he definitely did it. Yeah, but it's so funny how like uh, you know that old thing of like uh, truth is more interesting than fiction yeah and i'm like the truth was he was a murderer and you gave him lots of attention and he really lived for it like that's that's it do you feel like as someone that's interested in like crime crime fiction and whatnot if someone like was in the spotlight and they take it on your identity that you wouldn't be somewhat interested in why they oh, picked you like you wouldn't yeah. be drawn into that scenario in no, some way i think definitely like i think the main point of it is he picked this reporter because he wanted a reporter to come and talk to him. He wanted someone who would go to bat for him completely. He wasn't going to talk to lots of press. He wanted quality over quantity. And I think that's why he did it. Would you say? Yeah, I don't Yeah, I don't know. It kind of reminds me of um, Cold Blood, Capote. Oh, Capote. Yeah. Yeah. And how people just get, like, regardless of the horrific crime that someone did, people just, like get obsessed with people on an individual level yeah it's really interesting to me the reason i wanted to talk about it was i wanted to talk about the cult of the serial killer Mm. one of the earliest examples of that is ted bundy Mm. obviously you have all of these teenage girls and like young women sitting in the courtroom being like oh i'm a bit scared but also turned on and it's this like really intense thing and then you have it like still it's still happening you know you have i think there was a school shooter recently like a racist young uh guy and there was all these girls who were like really into him and and it was really confronting yeah i've I've watched lots of documentaries on this because i find it fascinating yeah uh, and, and you know, I think I can't remember what it was, but there was one documentary where they interviewed like five different women that mm, were in mm. love and in relationships with uh, guys that were murderers and were in prison yeah. for life. Yeah. And there was just, but for what came across to me was just this overwhelming sadness that these yeah. women were so dysfunctional, so uh, incapable of having like an actual relationship yeah. with someone. And then it was just kind of like really sad to me. Mm-mm-mm. And it was kind of like demystified it. But I guess that's not the whole story all of the time. No, no. And I think that for me, the thing that I find really disturbing is the is the platforming again and again of the perpetrator of the violence. Like, I think that that is the thing that I find really disturbing. And I really don't know what the answer is for those of us who love crime, both fiction and true crime, you know, what do we do with that? You know, how do we um, honor victims of crime? How do we talk about it in a way that is like, I don't know, ethical? Yeah, there's this really good podcast that I listen to called Real Crime Profiler. Uh-huh. And it's, um, there's an ex FBI profiler yeah. and a woman that's really involved with um, stalking advocacy in the UK. And they talk about series that are on Netflix. Yeah. So they, they pick them apart. Yeah. Uh, and pick the case apart, but they're uh, they have a really solid foundation of centering the victim of the crime. Mm, mm, and mm. I think that they one of the ways that they do that is they call the episode by the person's name, not yes. the killer's name, or they 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 center the they talk a lot about what the the victim's life was like. Yeah, often that gets forgotten. Definitely, yeah. and I think that that's one of the things that I really love about a lot of the crime fiction that I read, like I think Patricia Cornwell does a really good job of it where, you know, Case Carpetta gets really involved in the people's families, in what their lives were like. And I think that that's really important. I think a really similar thing happens with um, Kathy Reich's. Um, I would say that 
Kinsey Malone, um, Sue Grafton's character, uh, does a lot of that sort of thing. And I think that that's one of the things that I love about crime fiction over perhaps true crime, which I was really attracted to when I was younger. Like, you know, I think we spoke about this before, about that kind of goth phase. (laughs) You know, and I think that the thing that I'm really attracted to is the mystery. Mm. Like, I'm really attracted to the mystery, but fundamentally, I'm not interested in... You know, I'm interested in who done it, but I'm not interested in who that person is or why they did it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. What What do you think? I feel like usually there isn't an interesting story about why they did it. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, and the, you think about these really high profile cases, it's just because they wanted to. Right? And that's the <laughs> thing that I think is like, I think that that's the thing that is simultaneously so fascinating, repulsive, but also just like really boring. Mm. Like I'm like, yeah, like I'm like, oh, how come he did that murder? Oh, because he's a murderer. Yeah, because he saw an opportunity and he took yeah. it because he wanted to. I mean, sometimes there's interesting stories um, that there's more depth or yeah. layer to that relationship. Yeah, like I think, for example, like Eileen Warnos, I think yeah. is a really interesting example where you've got a lot of complex layers. Yeah, I find it complicated to even think of her as a serial killer. Yeah, exactly. Um, I feel like it's something to me a little bit different. Mm. But yeah, men that just pick off women off the street and kill them. If there's not some interesting story there. Right, like yeah. Ted Bundy isn't an interesting person. No, he's an asshole. He's an asshole that just did what he wanted for yeah. gratification. Exactly. It's like, no one's like, oh, Ren, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm doing my grocery shopping. And they're yeah. like, fascinating! <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I think that people get really interested in these people because they're like, how did you do this yeah. thing? Like, what, um, what what's different in your brain yeah. that's not the same in my brain that yeah. means that you could do this. Because it's horrifying. Yeah. It's unrelatable. Because, like, I feel like these stories can get more complex when you're thinking about, like, self-defense or, mm. like, being in really difficult relationships yeah. or there being a history of a relationship Yeah, there. fully. But these p- primarily men who just pick women at random and kill them, I'm just like, that's incredibly sad. Yeah. And, like, not that interesting. Yeah, fully. Your motive isn't that interesting. Because yeah. it speaks to, like, for me, and this is getting serious, but, like, a broader issue in society where people just uh, particularly men just do these things because they want to yeah 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 definitely it reminds me of have you ever seen Brooklyn Nine-Nine no oh my god it's really really funny and there's this great scene where uh, they've caught this murderer he's in the like room with the like mirror the one-way mirror like the interview room and he's in there like I did it and he's like confessing he's like da 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 and I did it for these and these reasons and one of the detectives like leans over he's like in the watch room and he like leans over and he presses the intercom and he's like cool motive still murder yeah like you know <laughs> what I mean and that's how I feel so much of the time like I'm just like oh yeah cool I mean you still killed a person <laughs> like you're a dickhead and, like, I think there are definitely times, like, like you know, like Eileen Warnos, like, it becomes complicated. But I think that, yeah, like, you're right. Ted Bundy is just like, well, he's a fucking creep. Yeah. 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 True story. <laughs> I mean, I could do a whole true crime podcast talking about this. But... I agree. But, like, I think there's a glut of those on the <laughs> internet. <laughs> so let's get back to some, uh, some fiction. Tell me about Trinkets. Because uh, I've been quite sick the last mm-hmm. month. It's winter here in Australia. Everybody seems to be unwell. Yeah. It's very dreary. I mean, today it's not. Today it's quite sunny and beautiful. Yeah. But... I mean, you're basically, you're a liar. I'm looking at the yeah, window. It's, no, yeah. it's gorgeous. But uh, for the last month or so, it's been a horrible time and I've been watching a lot of Netflix. Right. And I was like flicking through, like, what am I going to watch next? And this thing for Trinkets came up and it looked like uh, a bunch of teenagers. And I was like, oh, it doesn't look that interesting. But I started watching and I was hooked. Did it autoplay? Uh, I didn't autoplay. Were you like, like you were going through <laughs> and you like sat on there too long and Netflix They're was like, like right. you're in now. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, so it's about these three girls and they all come from like, they, they all go to the same school. They live uh-huh. in the same town. <gasps> I've seen the adverts for this one. Highly recommend. This is the one where they're all shoplifters and they go into Kleptomaniacs Anonymous or something. Yes, and this is why I thought it was particularly relevant because uh-huh. they're all Because I'm a thief. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so all these kids are thieves and they all go to shopping, uh, shoplifting anonymous. Right. And they all get there for whatever different reason. So one of them is rich and one of them yeah. is like, you know, they're all just really different um, archetypal characters of a young, in, in teenage yeah. television. But they're all such interesting, complex characters and the way they come together to form some kind of um, bond is very interesting. Amazing. I'm really sorry for my text. It was very unprofessional of me. You were really professional. You just kept going through. It was actually your wife. So, uh, it just unpacks a lot of like heavy issues. Yeah. Um, which I think is cool because it's for a teenage audience and I feel like they deal with them really sensitively and, and really well. Um, but it's also really funny and, and fun yeah. to watch. Amazing. Cause this is the thing that we've been talking about. I think this has been kind of a running theme where, you know, we, we love crime. Um, fiction <laughs> and true crime but yeah a lot of it's really horrifying and and a lot of it is really unresolved I think is one of the things and I think that having something that is crime um, but is about something like stealing you know it's trinkets they're, yeah. they're, they're nicking trinkets it's yeah. not high stakes but it is high stakes yeah and I think that that's really fascinating and how many uh, stolen uh, ornaments would you give it out like five i really recommend as soon as i i think i watched that whole thing in a day amazing and as soon as i finished i was like oh i wish there was a second season yes i'm just i'm the all the characters are so endearing yeah Uh, yeah i love watching all of them and and their relationship the three of them amazing really lovely would you say it's like the breakfast club for the 21st century yeah it occurred to me while i was watching it i was like this was never this kind of content was never available Mm. when i was a teenager you're seeing like people of color you're seeing like different gendered representations like as in uh, you're seeing queers and you're seeing people yeah. that are transgender or agender. Yeah, yeah. You're just seeing a whole bunch of different kinds of people. Mm-mm. And that was just never on show when I was a teenager. Yeah, I think it's really amazing the ways in which engaging with media has changed so fundamentally over the over the past couple of decades. I like you know, like Teen Vogue. Ugh. They're I'm, smashing it. I'm living for Teen Vogue. Yeah. Like, you know, like every now and then they put a foot wrong, but whatever. Like, you know, like making mistakes is how you learn. Yeah. And and I think that that's ultimately their message that they're saying, you know, like, how can we talk about things? And I think that this is something that I'm really excited about. Like, this would be like a show like that would be thought of as pandering or niche or, or, or all sorts of things, you know, in the 90s. It'd be like this Saturday school special where actually the whole story is about how this like person whose gender is different is very sad and then they die or something yeah, you know yeah. like it's like i don't know if it's like the the world is changing but also yeah. I, I have to imagine that this like generation that they're creating this content for is saying we won't accept anything less than yeah. this now yeah and we I won't think, accept anything less than the truth it's yeah. a real reflection yeah, of life like, and I, I find that really inspiring yeah no it's amazing and i think that one of the other things that's really make made that possible is that you have people of color you have queer people and and trans people in these positions where they're actually in creative roles like it's not it's not there yet but i think it's it's really making the world look like how it actually is and i think that that's so wonderful so the other day i was uh walking through my local blockbuster I wish <laughs> right? memory lane. <laughs> no, I was actually in my local library looking at DVDs. 
Oh, uh, it's kind of like a video show. A little bit. Oh, you know what? It was like Friday afternoon, you go to the video show, yeah. play some videos. Right? And then you get that microwave popcorn uh. and you're like, you're like, mom, can I get these like lollies? And she'd be like, oh, those are $5. We're going to the supermarket <laughs> after this. We'll get the three, you know? But you'd be like, no, I'm on the video shop. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember like up on the walls, there'd be the specials. Like oh. you could get two new releases and three weekly. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like a bag of popcorn. Dollars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, so good. So good. I was reading this uh, post, uh, I think it was like a tweet, and someone was like, oh, I was at the at the bottle trying to buy uh, some alcohol. <laughs> As you do. <laughs> As one does. And uh, the server was like, oh, can I see some ID? And they pulled, they were like trying to find their ID, and they popped their keys on the counter, and they had a Blockbuster no. tag. And the person was like, don't worry. <laughs> You're old enough. But yeah, so I was in my local library. I was looking through uh, DVDs in the Chinese section and a lot of them, you know, my Mandarin is terrible and my my reading is even worse. So I was looking for this one thing that I knew what the characters looked like, couldn't find it. So I was looking at the other DVDs. Uh, the blurbs were all in Chinese. So I was trying to tell what they were about by like looking at the covers and yeah. It wasn't going. Read it by its cover. It wasn't going so well. <laughs> yeah, like I was yeah. like, I think this is a rom com, but like I don't know. Maybe I'll put this in my computer and it'll be like, ah! <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I was just thinking, you know, when you pick up a book, you you really want to know what's kind of inside. You want to know what's going on. You need some kind of indication. But then at the same time, do you want to? You know, how do you, how do you walk that line? Okay, I feel like there's two extremes. All right, and one is at a bookstore near my house which I really I think is a really cool idea. You can go in and the books have been wrapped in brown packaging with yep. a string and then they've just some themes written on them. Yes. And I think that's a really fun idea. That blind date with a book yeah. thing. Yeah. But then the other extreme is when you're like, oh, what should I watch on TV? You watch a trailer and it just tells you the whole damn film. <laughs> right? That's crazy. Yeah. I hate those. I hate that really the most, I think, when, when you watch something and they're like, I think there was a Netflix show that I was thinking about watching and it was like, She's lost her memory, but it's okay. Her husband's here, but is he her husband? He's not her husband. He killed her husband. And I'm like, that's the whole thing. It's like, I didn't ask to watch the show in Fast Forward. <laughs> I just wanted a taste. Yeah, yeah. So I was a bit like, well, I don't know if I even want to watch this. I'll probably watch it. I'll probably forget and then go back and be like, ooh, this looks interesting. Is that the one with Nicole Kidman? No, no. Uh, but that's based on SJ Watson, uh, Before I Go to Sleep. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I hate it when I pick up a book. Funny mm-hmm. you mention this. Yes. Because you pick it up, you 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 go to the you turn it around to read the blurb. Yeah. No blurb. Oh, you get that with those um orange penguins where on the back it's like Just quotes. It's well it's it's just quotes, but it's also like he just wanted a good book. Not a big ask. Yeah. He was in a railway <laughs> shop trying to find a good book, 30 cents, bad books, crap books. And I'm like, I I've heard this story so many times that I don't care. <laughs> I don't hate it. I think it's sweet. But yeah. also tell me what the book tell is. Tell me what the book is. So what do you, I look at the back. There's only just quotes about yeah. the book. So I open the front cover of the book, mm-hmm. Last Resort. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it has a blurb. A little bit. Which I'm still not happy with. Like, I want it on the back. On the back, yeah. But you, you open the front cover and there's no blurb there. It's just an about the author. So what do you do? Yeah. What's the book about? Hard to say. Read the last page. <laughs> like, what? I meant to just see that it's in the genre. Like, under, yeah. like crime fiction and just that's enough right definitely not i want to be intrigued wet my palate i think the publishers are doing a disservice to the writer because i would agree yeah you're you're less likely to pick it up yeah and i also have to say sometimes you need a little bit of uh you need to be prepared before you go you know what i mean um so 
back in the early 2000s, the noughties, uh, a friend of mine lent me a DVD and they just gave me just the, the disc. Mm-hmm. You might remember DVDs. They're those round thingies. Yeah. You are. You can you can shine light on them and <laughs> blind someone with it. Yeah, that's the only. It's like a record player. You put it on and then it plays a movie. <laughs> Don't put a needle on a DVD. Um, anyway, so they gave me this DVD and I took it home, popped it in the TV, and it starts playing. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Here's our. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, what's he up to? He's hanging out, he's chilling. He's, was he on a mountain? I think he was in a, in a, in a house. Okay. And Not the house was back. on a hill. No, no, he wasn't on a mountain. Yeah. No. He's hanging out. Uh, and then there's like this meteorite situation. Uh, okay, I see where you're going. There's a really big one. rabbit. I'm like, it's Johnny Darko. What the fuck is happening? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, what the fuck? And It's a weird <laughs> film at the best of times. <laughs> right. And I had absolutely no preparation i had no one tell me this is gonna be a bit of a fucking weird film mm. <clears throat> i've since seen trailers of donnie darko that give me more of an idea of what happened in donnie darko but than watching it <laughs> but you're even gonna watch an art house film when you're expecting like a hollywood blockbuster yeah it's a yeah. totally different experience yeah so i think that that thing on the back that says to you here's what to expect can be really really helpful because i think now I just live this life where I run into film students and they think I'm an idiot. Because you don't like Because <laughs> I don't like Donnie Darko. I'm like, oh, no, it's a bit shit. And they're like, what's your problem? <laughs> you tell those people that they're wankers and you march right on. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> um, no, I completely agree. I just think everyone needs to rethink this insanity. <laughs> just tell us what it's about on the back. We'll get directed. Don't tell us too much. But we need to know whether we want to ingest that media. Right? Yeah. And look, I understand because sometimes you've got that hook. You know, Mm. you've got that twist. Mm. But if M. Night Shyamalan went around and his, like, movie was like, guess who's dead? You know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) And then it cuts to the kid being like, I see dead people. And then it cuts to Bruce Willis and he's like, oh, no, am I dead? And you're you're like, like, yes. Yes, I'm (laughs) going home. Well, I feel like we've stayed at our point. We're out of time. Yeah, but I'm just going to leave you with one last do not do for your trailers. Uh, Guys, you need to look up the uh, uh, trailer for Soylent Green because I really feel like that one screwed the pooch. (laughs) It's just like, what is Soylent Green? Shot of like a big like tractor picking people up. It's dead. <laughs> and I was like, what is Soylent Green? Shot of the Soylent Green coming out of the factory. What is Soylent Green? Shot of body bags going down the same type of conveyor belt. I'm like, I wonder what it is. Well, what is Soylent Green? <laughs> we'll never know. I really, it's a, it's a mystery for the ages. Until next time. See ya. Bye. Keep it sleazy.